0: Hi,
1: I'm Mari Forth. I'm Sarah Carradine, podcasting from unceded Gadigal land. And this is Crime Scene, the true crime review podcast, where we get to the heart of how true crime stories are told.
0: Mari, what are we talking about today? Well, let's open today's file. We watched Our Father, um, which it, it's a documentary documentary. Uh, yeah, it, it's the documentary, technically, right? Technically, yeah. Technically, yeah. <laughs> uh, which looks at a, ca- a case of a fertility doctor, um, Dr. Donald Klein, who used his own sperm without the patient's knowledge. Or consp- Yeesh. Yeah. Who ended up fathering 96 children. Uh, one of those children was named Jacoba Ballard, and um, she starts to track down her half siblings to uncover his crimes. It is a four-part series. It is available on Netflix in both Australia and the U.S. I just want to say the only reason why I said it's like it's a documentary, but it do- it doesn't this one doesn't feel like it. The cinematography behind it is like. So good and it's a Bloomhouse production, which if we have any horror fans out there, I love Bloomhouse productions and you could feel it. You, like you could yeah. feel it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: The I mean we are um pretty staunchly anti-reenactment on this podcast, mm-hmm. but we may have to have a caveat for this particular yes. uh, property, I think. Um and so it's directed by Lucy Jordan. Uh, whose previous work uh, includes the TLC three-part series Taken at Birth from 2019. Uh, And we'll touch on that a little bit later because it does have connections uh, into this um, property.
0: And of course, we couldn't do this alone. No. Yeah, we have a pop culture (laughs) enthusiast, the co-host of the Married at First Sight podcast, my brother from another mother, Mr. Jason Reed. Jason, welcome to Crime Scene. Welcome. Thank
2: you, thank you, thank you for having me. And the first thing I will say: What do y'all have me watching? Uh-huh. <laughs> this was some mess. I, I, I said, I said, bro. Like, I think like, I said, bro, like five times during this whole uh, this whole uh, documentary. This, 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 wacky people in here, and like it kept turning. Uh, like Mari said, this is a Bloomhouse production. It was a, one of the first things I noticed. Yes. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Didn't know they were in the documentary space.
0: Exactly. Uh, well, so, are and, they?
2: Well, yeah, you definitely had some like real like horror elements, like real like mm-hmm. the way things were staged and like sound mm-hmm. cues. So, I, from that moment, I was like, "Oh, this this is going to be something different. It's going to be something uh, unique." And it was. It was. Yeah. Uh, it took Jason, so we, some twists turns.
1: <laughs> when, we, when we met in New York, I said to you, "Oh, you're you're Neil Armstrong. You're you're our first man." And uh, <laughs> yes, so so welcome to the show about sperm.
2: I'm not sure if like that's an honor for this particular po- for this particular <laughs> documentary. Like, I feel like even I can't wait with this. Like, men are trash. Like, <laughs> like so
1: you know, defend your agenda. Defend your gender. Defend yeah, your yeah. gender. That's I don't know if I can after <laughs> this. I mean,
2: most of the men on this documentary were pretty horrible. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's a proud thing that I want to wear today or what. But I am honored that you would have me as the first man on your podcast. Uh, I, it is an honor that I take with uh you know with a big big grain of salt there. Like I'm I'm happy about it, but I'm like,
0: oh, uh Yeah. Not not crowd. I was, I was, I proud. A I was like, this is oh, come on. i was like this is we got to do our father i was like okay the perfect man who can do this i was like the resident dad the only other person who knows what i'm going through i was like we have to have jason on jason can you tell us are you like a true crime like are you a fan of true crime do you you prefer the genre what's your true crime origin story
2: i mean to be honest I, i i don't really delve that deep into it normally Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, I, I think like the last true crime thing I saw, like, don't, don't kill me for this was probably like, uh, Tiger King, but <laughs> like, <laughs> you wanna...
3: yep. Yep. so I was yep. like,
2: and you know, I know that there's been a deluge of shows and movies that have come out recently about it, but I just mm-hmm. haven't gotten on the train yet. Um, you guys got me last week with the painter, uh, with the, uh, Ooh. the painter documentary. I gotta check that out still, but I listened to the podcast and it was, seemed like very interesting. It's not, it's not that I don't, like true crime. It's just, I have so many other things in my head that I Mm -hmm. just don't have room for it. I watch two two hours of Married at First Sight every week. I cannot (laughs) do anything else, it seems, because that is such a a task, which you both know. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, as soon as I have time for it, we'll get a small break in between Married at First Sight seasons. I will be diving in, um, certainly for the shows that you guys have covered already. Um, But, yeah, like, Anything true crime I've had, I've done like, uh, I'll get sucked into like a Dateline uh, case. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll be music channels like, oh, this is interesting. But that's pretty much the uh, the the depth of my knowledge.
0: Yeah. And that's great. Like, we love having people with de- differing perspectives. And honestly, that's what kind of, we're kind of here pushing the boundaries of true crime, if you will. Because it's like, is this technically a true crime property?
1: Yeah. I mean, Mari, you really wanted to cover this. What, what what, was it that attracted you or what was it that piqued your interest when you saw that this was coming up?
0: Because when I actually saw that, when I saw like the trailer for this, I was like, oh my gosh, another one. This is not the only fertility doctor who has done something to this effect. And the most fascinating thing is it's like it, the, the biggest question is, is this a crime? Like for me, it definitely is. But mm-hmm. to some, in some States, uh, there are not laws against what he did. What he did, and we'll talk about it as we go through. But mm-hmm. even with this doctor, Dr. Klein in Indiana, at the time he was he was doing what he was doing, there were no lo- technically no laws against what he was doing. So I, I lo- that's what I loved about this was like talking about how the victims are impacted because this one was very like um, victim oriented. And then like some people are, well, were they victims? I think so again, uh, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like big time. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and there so are laws now me. because of,
1: because of him and because of his victims, there are now laws on the books. Exactly. We'll, come to that. we'll come to that later, but yes, that's a, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I think, like I can't speak for my entire gender, as we're requiring Jason to speak for, <laughs> for his. But I, I, I can't imagine a woman not uh, recoiling uh, at the at the at the assault, or you know, battery with a bodily waste is actually on the books in a lot of uh, uh, jurisdictions. Mm. But even that, uh, uh, you know, was not was not able to be used. So just uh, the the intimacy and the violation of what he did and. And beyond that, and, and several of them mention it, and it's something I hadn't mm-hmm. thought of. Um, because uh, look, we will get into it. So spoilers from here on. Um, because the the woman was ready in the stirrups, and he went into the next room and masturbated into the yeah. cup, and then and then brought it back, or into the pipette, or however it's prepared. Prepared mm-hmm. um, that he returned to them in a state of, you know. Post arousal yeah. or euphoria. Mm-hmm. Um so certainly, although he says it wasn't sexual, how the,
2: not? How the, not? The narration by the woman describing that in, in at that moment in the documentary, like I, I would challenge anyone to hear that and not feel for that person. Like you may come into exactly. this like what's the big deal? Like, you know, it was a uh, you know, insemination. It doesn't she didn't know who the father was anyway. But the point is, like when you hear the her account like that and to hear her discuss and when she thinks about it, like you have to feel for these people, you have to realize that this was a wrong done to these people. Yeah. Well, in exactly. some cases,
1: they they thought it was the unnamed medical student, no more than three specimens, but some of them thought it was their husbands.
2: Right. And yeah. that's like that's yeah. One of the most devious, like one of one of the most devious things that uh, that this has brought to light is this is one of the most devious. Like when you're telling me that, okay. I, having a random person is one thing, but then you're telling me that my husband is the one that is providing a sample that this is going to be my husband's baby, but then just to totally switch it up on me, like, for it to be your baby is
0: even crazy. It's, it's definitely even worse. So let's just set the scene here. Um, let's go with the the opening, I thought, again, you could definitely feel the production value just so high here. The opening was just so sinister. Can, to, I, can like, I say something
2: real quick? Pun, like,
0: please, yes.
2: So, so, okay, I'm watching this, right? I'm like, okay, this is a, you know, this is a story about this subject, right? I'm like, it can't be like that uh, graphic or gratuitous. <laughs> so, like, my, I turn it on while my 13-year-old daughter is in the room. <laughs> and oh, no. for this to be the first image that we see, which is you know, uh, the actor reenacting the doctor, in his office masturbating. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, turn this off. I'll just wait for you to go to bed and I'll watch the rest. I uh, just, just, uh, the, didn't, never mind. That was quite a jump scare for me. You know, we talked yeah. about the, the horror <laughs> aspect of this. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> no. no, Let me turn this off real quick. As he's just like writhing in his chair, I'm like, is that what I think it is? I was like, I'm mm. that's what that is. Let me turn this off.
1: I mean, unlike the pentaverate, you don't actually see the peen, but you are fully aware of what he's doing. And then for me the absolute kicker was the hand coming out with the little cup and of milky substance and putting it on the desk. And I was like, Oh, I know. Oh, here we are. Like, they had the,
0: They had the tie thrown over the shoulder.
2: Oh,
1: yes! yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything.
0: That I was, was like, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, get the image out of my head,
2: Mark. Stop doing that. <laughs>
1: We see him him from behind in his office chair, and it's it gives it to you. And lest anyone listening thinks, "Oh, well, that's a bit graphic; that's going a bit far." What it does is it tells you this is what was happening as a woman was vulnerably naked from the waist down in stirrups, next door, um, emotionally invested in what the procedure was she was about to go through, Mm. very much wanting a baby, and we hear from the fantastic women who, who talk about this happening to them. I mean, how brave is that? Yeah. But they talk about it, we'll get to it, but they talk about their desire for for a baby. Yes, so,
0: exactly. gra-
1: graphic and horror, though, this image
0: is. I don't think it was too much, because it says, this is what he was doing. It set the table, like, pretty pretty perfectly and so we start with sibling number one um jacoba like we uh uh, said at the top jacoba had always um looked for family in a sense she felt like she needed family her mom and her dad uh they couldn't have kids um so they went to dr klein who told her her mom who's who's here too, her mom um is in the documentary. I, I think I grabbed her name a little bit later. But yeah, um, I believe it's. Yeah. yeah. Debbie, Derek, thank you so much, Jason. Her mom, yes. Debbie, also participated in this, but they were told that they couldn't have kids. So um, when Debbie went to the to Dr. Klein she was told you'll be inseminated with a medical resident sperm and supposedly that sample will not be used more than three times Um, and Jacoba was like well you know at least that means I might have like two or three half siblings out there so uh she starts like looking for them and this is what like really starts the avalanche of everything and it kind of um also talks about how like back in the this was like in the 80s this was like in the 80s when, when Dr. Klein was doing this, back then it was not like it was now. This is where we get the background because like, you know, it's not like now where there's samples, there's frozen samples now. You can, there's a database and all that. Back then they had a notebook and then most of the donors were coming from medical resident students that were at the hospital across the street and they could only do fresh samples. Like, so that, this is very um, important. It's not like today where they could viably freeze the sperm. They had to use fresh samples. So, but the women were still consenting to have, um, another person's sperm. Well, this sorry, we're still talking about Debbie. Debbie consented to having somebody else's sperm instead of her, her husband's because her, her husband was the one who was infertile, um. There's right. an
1: extraordinary reenactment of, and with his his Dr. Klein's nurse, who we also have with us, yeah. talks about um, going across the street to uh, collect the medical residents' samples, and mm-hmm. because it had to be uh, fresh, and because it had to be a certain temperature, uh, she would tuck the sample uh, safely in its little. In its little uh, jar into her bra. I had to question. It, uh,
2: I had a about a little bit. I, was, I said, yeah. "Did anybody ask mm-hmm. you to do that?" Especially those, like this <laughs> weird thing you were doing. Like it was like a the street. You your hand to keep it warm, but you it. I, 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 I yes, I, all
1: right. I, I, I liked
2: it. I was like this it. nurse this whole time. I was like, ah, I, I, heard heard on her. Her. I was like, she was wearing Cavalier about this. I like you knew what was happening. I thought you were an accomplice."
1: She and the business partner claim they knew nothing
0: yes
2: Both I find
1: they that I find that a little hard to believe.
0: Yeah, they like they had to keep it at body temperature, like for the firm for the firm for the sperm to stay viable. It was right across the street. Okay, (laughs) she could have
2: like held it, she could have held it in her hand. She could have like, but she decided to put it in her bra. She was like, Oh, I'm putting this in my bra. I feel like that's a weird thing she had. I don't want to kick shame anybody, but I feel like that was some weird (laughs) stuff she was doing there. Nobody
0: asked her to do that. Nobody asked you to do that.
2: (laughs) I put it in my my boob. Oh, okay, thank (laughs) you. Sure. It was a two minute walk across the street. I think we could have. Okay, but thanks. Look,
1: uh, in the absence of pockets, and here here's a PSA mm-hmm. to people who make women's clothing please put pockets in the clothing. Please. We don't get pockets. Or you get a pair of trousers, you're looking at a pair of jeans, you go, oh, this is great. Pockets. No, they're fake pockets. I looked at
2: my wife the other day. She had me hold on. So I was like, you got pockets right there? She's like, nope, these are not pockets. I was these like, these are not what? pockets. Get no, out you here. get it.
1: So if you are a person <laughs> who wears a bra, you will often find it a very handy place to stash a key. A credit card, <laughs> various other uh, uh, um, illicit substances in drugs, in drugs in, in the old days. Not that I would ever have done that, but it is, you think it's, it's a little kinky. Mm. I'm talking about it as being actually practical.
2: Yeah, she dropped it in her hand. I'm not buying uh, that. We can't, we're not convince her at she all. She dropped it.
1: Okay.
3: Oh, right. <laughs> oh well, she
2: dropped it. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, you know what? Honestly, if she had dropped it, she could turn around, and be like, "Listen, I know you probably need about ten or fifteen minutes." By minutes. <laughs>
1: They're young. They're young men.
0: Yeah, Five go right back at it. Literate.
2: Yeah. Did you guys what, find it interesting that if they were getting them from medical students and wasn't like something that probably is more commonplace nowadays, where people would just come to a sperm bank and donate of their own free will for maybe a monetary uh, payment?
0: So I'll so I'll, I'll get it I'll we keep saying this I'll get into it a little later, but I watched another documentary called Baby God, and apparently back in the day that was just how they did it. They they. It was kind of like, I think it was kind of like a superiority thing. It's like, okay, we have medical residents. The medical residents, they normally have like a whole bunch of them. They're at Back in that day, it was mostly men. And they mostly lived in the hospital, from what I understand. Like Most residents kind of just stayed in the ha- hospital or around the hospital. So I think it, it sounded like they still did some sort of screening, like what's your family history and all that for them. But mostly it was those medical residents that they went to because, again, They, this was the era of fresh, fresh, um, samples. So they needed fresh samples. So they needed people there. And again, this is kind of like, like back in the day, you know, using donor sperm was not always the goal the the goal was if if two people were infertile you would try to use the husband's sperm that that's sh- that was supposed to be the number one and it's like okay if that doesn't work then we have to fall back to the donor so yes, you know what i'm saying it
1: might be it might be low motility for the for the husband's sperm. exactly they might be present but they're they're just a little they're bit not lazy modal.
0: exactly so
1: if, you, if you help them through the exactly um, through the cervix mm-hmm. uh you know they just they it's not vigorous enough to get through the cervix but they're perfectly viable once you get them uh, past exactly. that wonderful barrier
0: so so it's not it, so it's not like today where there's so many different options as to why people might want to use um sperm donors like you know women being able to uh provide as single moms and stuff like that so i yeah it was just a different it was just a different time and and it wasn't It was new as well, because even in this documentary, they talked about um, how Dr. Klein and his partner, they were the leaders in like also like tubal. um, I had tubal repair, like laser tubal repair, like kind of like reverse tube tying and stuff like that. So this was all very cutting edge and. Like I said, when I watched that other documentary, it really sounded like everything was kind of like the wild, wild west back in those early days, because they also pointed out that at this point, remember, this is the 80s. So there's no DNA testing right now. So they don't know that around the corner we will be able to do d- DNA testing and we will be able to break it down. So he's just like, mm, I'm going to inseminate these women. They'll never know.
2: I just imagine like Klein sitting like in a recliner, like watching TV one day and he sees this ad for 23 and me. He's like, <laughs> oh,
1: shit.
3: Right? son of a bitch.
2: <laughs> 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 this is going to be a problem.
1: <laughs> because uh, as we'll see later he says the world doesn't need to know i mean how mm. chilling is that yes he must have seen that and and realized that the oh, the boy. mills of the mills of god grind slow but they grind exceeding small doctor <laughs> uh, everything about, comes to light
2: we talked about mm-hmm. Jacoby here and from what what I know of Jacoba from this document, I don't know anything else about Jacoba, but I mean, Jacoba 2024, as far as I'm concerned. Uh,
0: talk, talk, talk about it, right? Yeah, she is a hero awesome. here. She is, Incredible. she is dogged in
2: her pursuit. She did not stop when a lot of us probably would have stopped. And it's like, uh-huh. when you come come across a roadblock, you're like, oh, well, I guess I won't know. Um, but like, and I, I did find it interesting. She's like, I found, uh, what was it? Eight. Uh, siblings when I did the 23 this, I mean I I think I probably would have thought like maybe this person that donated the sperm also went on to have a family of their own and maybe mm-hmm. they have kids that did this but I guess that would be like really coincidental that all eight of those kids like three from the you know anonymous donor and five others would be in this database especially this early in the process for a 23andme mm-hmm. type thing so yeah I guess it does make sense like that's a, a awfully high number for for so early in this process
1: Right. I mean, she 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 only got uh, as you say there were eight of them, so she only got seven hits. The later kids are getting uh, eighty.
0: Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like, So yeah, yeah. So l- let's talk about the Talking Heads a little bit more. So of course, yeah. Jakova of of course, like we said, is like the the hero of the story. She's the main person. She's kind of the the person who's driving the vehicle for the story. However, we did hear for from Diana and Liz. These were two patients of um, Dr. Klein. They're the ones who are first introduced to us. And I really like them because um, they they stay with the whole documentary. We eventually meet their kids and then we hear their kids' point of view. But um, Diana um, was the one who her husband, her and her husband thought that they were implanting his sperm. Uh, Liz is is was just me need, She needed a, a, a she was okay with a, a random donor, but Liz was the one who, um, during the recreations, she talked about. She, she was the one who had the really really powerful story, talking about how she went to Dr. Klein's office. She would go, get you know, undressed, get in the stirrups, not knowing that he would go a, a half a hallway down. She she talked about how every time she was there, like nobody was in the office but her and him, which I was oh, like, so insidious, yeah. yeah. And then he, another uh, Blue House production. Um, So he would go into his office. I did it on purpose. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. Uh, he, He would go into his office. He would masturbate. And then directly after masturbating, he would come in with the cup and inseminate her. And she was saying like, it made her feel sick. Knowing like now knowing that he was still on that euphoric high while he was inseminating her. And she literally said here, she said, when i found this out i felt like i've been i had been raped 15 times and didn't know it like the like the between diana and liz they really start out this um this documentary on the human level of the women and you know these these people are giving their stories. And it's just, it's just incredible. Like it was, it was so incredible. And it was the only way that you could tell this story because like Jason had said, like you come into it, you're like, Oh, well, you know, what's the problem. And then it's like, no, listen to, it's the lack of consent. It's like the, the, the lack of knowledge that what you're being told is not what's happening. And I just felt for them so much. And I think they did a great job of humanizing what was going on, like, the actual women who were inseminated, like, I think their story is front and center, and then we go through, like, the siblings and stuff like that, but I thought it was really important to talk to the two two of the women who were actual patients, and we talked to more of them down the line, but I thought this was a great um, opening. What do we think about uh, uh, the the talking, the different talking heads, um, and the pe- the real people using the real uh, recreations? Uh, uh, Jason? Sorry. Oh, sorry. well like
2: like you said it was uh you know just a bundle of sympathy for the actual patients and mm-hmm. then you have uh you know you have the like I said the nurse who i didn't feel like I felt like it was just like <laughs> you spit on this like you, you know something and the and the partner who was very like n- casual about it up to a point and then we get to later in the documentary where he you know he does comments on how you know he didn't know who klein really was um and you know we get the we get this We'll get to it. We get this crazy twist with two of the talking heads that we meet. Um, mm-hmm. in, yeah, uh, Mark. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the
1: far, yeah, the farbers. Yeah,
2: the Fabers. Yeah, that that's his, his me.
1: colleagues. They're introduced yeah. as his colleagues. Yeah,
2: yeah. which we'll talk Ooh. about later after. Yeah, the talking heads were very powerful. Were very uh, you know, inf- uh, you know, informative, powerful, and you really felt for them uh, as they were telling the story.
0: Hmm. Uh, Sarah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to bring up the fathers. That's, that's the one for me because it's a, a husband and wife and they're both professional people. She talks about him, uh, Dr. Klein, treating her in a very patronising fashion and knowing more about her field than than she does. And mm-hmm. we feel that they're there as a sort of um, character witness in a way and then we find out yeah, uh, his portrayal so of, yeah. of them is extraordinary. Uh, so, she, well, again, thought it was her husband's sperm, uh, as did her husband. and uh he's virtually he's virtually unable to speak during the interviews so i think this has been a blow to him that i don't know if he's recovered from
2: right. i thought it was i thought it was interesting that we didn't meet a lot of the fathers involved in this what um, mm-hmm. what did, did you all think of that like we saw a lot of the mothers but not really a lot of the fathers' point of views here
0: yeah very uh, so um so diana diana is julie's mom right and julie uh julie And Diana thought that uh, they were, it was Diana's husband, Julie was Diana's husband. And we get a quote from Diana saying that when her husband found out that Julie wasn't his, that Dr. Klein took everything away from him. He took everything and he hated Dr. Klein. So I I don't know if it's indicative of the, the fathers weren't present. Or if it was just like the director herself, the director is a woman. And I thought, I think it is important that we, we get mostly the women's point of views on, on this. So that, that could be it. But, you know, there were some husbands, pre- husbands present and there's some that weren't. So also it may be just they didn't want to talk about it because they'd probably get really pissed off. Like, yeah. l- like we were talking about that to, to me, that's one of the biggest violations of this. Like it doesn't, you know, that doesn't, uh, negate what liz went through or or anything like that like people who consented to an anonymous donor that doesn't take away from them but you have to feel some type of way if you and your husband go to a fertility clinic um you're it you know like you said if you can if you're having problems doing it naturally there's you can still have your husband's sperm inseminate you and they would go there with their husband's providing samples their husbands would provide their samples and he would be like nah and just like just it to like, no, over his shoulder ready. into
2: the garbage <laughs> like that, that's what I'm thinking like they walk yeah. into his office with this, with this like spurs like here you go doc we're ready and he's like oh that's great and then as they turn that back he just tosses in the trash like yeah and I'm thinking like as a you know as a father it's just like the, the like rage I would feel once I found something of like that out I would have liked to see that Perspective. Like, I think the amount of perspective mm-hmm. we get from the women here is is great. I would have gotcha. liked a kind of like maybe they they had the fathers on the screen, but they were like, okay, we can't use any of what he said because <laughs> he just he ran to a rage. We need some like <laughs> little more call here. Like yeah. I, I mean, that's it. But yeah, I, I, like you said, Mar, I definitely appreciate the mothers who went through the most, uh, who are the most violated in this process. Uh-huh. Uh, hearing their perspective is very important. And I am glad that we got that respected, but I wish I could have seen a little more of the other side of the coin uh in the in the parental um you know the parental figures here
1: yeah, yeah. i mean we get we get we get the women speaking about their husbands and then we get uh uh mr faber who is is virtually can't say anything um yeah, and i yeah,
2: think through most, to, through most of the through most of the thing i thought he was just like klein's buddy at some point I know. and then it's like oh that, <laughs> this yeah. is is quite yeah. True. Yeah. so
1: I, I mean i think you're right because for for fathers of children with donated sperm they have they have given that consent they just certainly didn't consent to to um Act as a parental figure for for clients, many many children. But mm-hmm. they have made a decision, and this is their child. And we hear this, you know, over and over again from both the um, the the families who think it was a donated sperm and, and from the families who think it was the husband's sperm. Of course, these children are their children. You know, right. they raised them. But the yes, I I think you're right to point to that gap that we. I would have liked a, a single. Uh, uh, you know talking head with one of the men had they been willing or able to uh, look we don't know maybe maybe the director Lucy Jordan asked and maybe none of them wanted to be on camera and you know we have to respect that
2: exactly. yeah, I think it, it may be also be like kind of a pride thing like I don't want to talk yeah. about this because it is so like you know it's messed feeling, up yeah the feeling you get is, is one one of not, not that you should have any mm-hmm. shame or pride bruising for this but maybe that is a feeling that you get
0: yeah so like, uh, like Jason pointed out, Jacoba, when she put in her 23 and Me, she had seven half si- siblings. And this is just the beginning. So they're like, okay, that's weird. They're just like, okay, well, we were told that you're only supposed to use th- the sperm three times. So let's see if we can try and figure it out. They went into this just trying to see like, okay, well, let's see if we can find the donor. They did not re- go into this expecting that they would uncover that the doctor himself was the one inseminating them and they actually did like a lot of digging like they they took 23 andme me they built some some tra- family trees they reached out they found a lady who was like a first cousin or something like that they asked her all the surnames that run in her family and it wasn't until they hit on the on dr klein's mother's maiden name that they then realized like holy crap dr klein could be our father and that was the only kind of connection that they had because he never put he didn't have a DNA on file. His kids did not have their DNA on file, which is a, a big thing. So Jacoba, You gotta imagine
2: like you know in the in the Klein household, the uh, the Klein kids are like, hey, that's pretty neat. I think I should probably do it. Like they, dad's like, no, 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 don't don't do that. Don't do that. Uh,
3: so it's the work of the devil.
2: It's hey a dad, huh? oh, <laughs> I should have a 23 I gotten the mail do you see it like nope nope as he's like signing under the couch like, like nope they haven't me seen me. it
0: anyway. mm-hmm. yep so Jacoba and the other si- siblings again I think mo- some of them are used in these uh, reenactments some of them aren't but they're basically trying to get answers and Klein's family keeps giving them the runaround. some of his children try to talk to her and they're like it's okay he just said that he did it sometimes they finally were able to get to talk to him, like six of them were able to get to talk to him. He came in there. He had a gun. He was with all a, a gun. with yeah. gun interviewing <laughs> I mean, them.
1: I don't she
2: want to tells- say. Sorry, go was, ahead, Jason. I was. I don't want to say that I uh, enjoy the running gag of the documentary <laughs> where he's like, "Well, it's only going to be ten, okay? That's it." And then, as <laughs> you get for <further>, like, <laughs> yeah, okay, it's only on going it. to be it's only going to be fifteen, oh, <laughs> at max. 15. A little further down, it may be around 30 or so. I don't know. Uh, It's probably right. And then we get to a point where it's like, well, I don't even know how many I did at this point. I have no idea. I I don't know.
3: By
1: the end of the documentary, 96 and counting. So, you know, uh, not everybody does 23 and me. But I think if you uh, I mean, particularly those who believe them to be their um, parental father's Child, you're less likely to do 23andMe. The ones mm-hmm. who believe themselves to be from sperm donors are more likely to um, right. to do it. But I mean, some some people do it out of interest. They they're not looking to challenge uh, the paternity of their father. They're just thinking, oh, how interesting about this family tree. What I love here about Jacoba is, is the citizen sleuth, and that's something that Mary and I like very much, and, and we look for properties that have that aspect to it. I mean, this is the, the quintessential citizen sleuth who gets one idea, one case, yeah. and dedicates an enormous amount of their life to it. And while she uh, you would think is bringing bad news to people. you not bringing the bad news to them. The other siblings, as they start to get their results back and are seeing 50 hits, 60 hits, 70 hits, yeah. 80 hits, where you'd expect apparently 15 to 17, something like that, They she contacts them because, of course, they come up on her um screen, and she says, yeah. when you want to talk, here I am. So there's this small coterie of, of the ones, particularly it seems like the ones that found out early, we've had a longer time yeah. to process it, who make themselves available to the later discoveries to to help them. And I, I found that a very a very moving uh, part of the documentary, part of mm-hmm. Jacoba's um, mission is Great. to support the new Klein kids, as she said, she said, you look at them and you go, oh, yeah, that's a Klein boy. Yep, that's a Klein girl. Because it also has to be said, they're in a very small town. Dr. Klein mm-hmm. is still alive. He's 80 and he lives within two miles of many, many of these children and their parents.
2: I think, yeah. if, I'm, I think if I'm a Klein kid and I discover this is happening, I'm like, ah, you know, I don't really want to take the chance. I think I'm just going to move out of town. Right. I mean, you know, this really is, far. <laughs> and that's how devastating this can be to your life. Mm-hmm. is you know it may cause somebody to be like i I can't live in this town where i may date a relative and end up with uh you know possibly genetically deformed children if i have babies mm-hmm. with this person yeah uh so yeah. that's how devastating this can be to your life yeah. and i did, you know like you said sarah like Jacoba kind of takes his charge and is like i'm gonna be like the quote unquote like i guess you call it a welcome wagon <laughs> to the yeah. to to the klein uh Clan, if you will. Not to bring up any other uh No, no. Please, um,
1: please, do, please do bring it up because well, well, that, that, I, that I actually that, has an aspect. Uh, yeah, I this, see this as
2: a very timely documentary to come out right oh now, mm-hmm. which yeah. is unfortunately timely, where we have in the news, uh, you know, after the slaughter in Buffalo, uh, where we have these conservative, uh, you know, wing of the Country talking about the great replacement theory, where this is we find out a little later in the documentary that that could have had something to do with why he's doing what he's doing, which I mm-hmm. found just insanely like it, you know you pair that you pair the the whole conversation about women's rights uh, surrounding uh, you know mm-hmm. birth and surrounding women's choices in how they give birth and you know who they are giving birth to and as, where do they, they give birth exactly it's well. an insanely mm-hmm. and unfortunate timely uh topic to conversation, be
0: to. yeah, because like so Jacoba reaches out, she's trying to get this this. This out, but again, she's still there's still not the DNA from Dr. Klein. So she did hook up with a reporter named Angela Canote. They run the they run they initially run the the story, but they can't talk about Dr. Klein himself. And when they meet with Dr. Klein, Dr. Klein basically begs Jacoba not to go public with the, com with the conversation, and she's like. No, no, thank you. I, I can do whatever I want to. You know, basically, she she's the welcome wagon because she saw seven hits and was confused. Now that you have those those seven hits, then you have like the thirty siblings. But then, you know, if those thirty siblings have you know their DNA, people from their ha- households DNA tested, then that's why when we get to the end, um, uh, I gotta get Jason. to my notes. Jason, yeah, Jason had three thousand hits on his on his DNA because it's not only you don't just get your half sibling hits you get their their family's hits as well sometimes you know so what Jacoba was doing was just great and and I I agree like a 25 mile radius I think was what Jacoba said yeah yeah for the new siblings that is so tight and they they talk about how the alerts themselves feel like a threat you know what I'm saying like, they, like the the alerts themselves have them on edge and the the I I love that running joke of, of oh it's only 10 and then they would go to a black screen the sibling number would tick up yeah. and <laughs> each time like Jason said I was like brah like what is yeah. happening yeah. there's yeah. so many of them
3: um, it, so-
1: imagine, imagine, imagine you're a young person you're out at the bar You've, you have this information now you're out at the bar hey girl you're really nice. I'd like to date you, but but real quick before we go out, <laughs> yeah. could you just do Could you just do 23andMe? I, 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 it's a long story, but would yeah, you please right. test yourself genetically before I can even date you?
2: I feel like 23andMe kind of turns into like a dating like app. Like, okay, let me see all these other people that I'm not related to, <laughs> yes. and I know that they're safe. So let me see if I can put them up, and yeah. date them. It's yeah. like you know, yeah. just and we talk about like when your abusers are part of your community like can yes. you imagine after finding out about this and then you run into Klein you know at the grocery store like especially if you are one of the patients that saw Klein
1: mm-hmm. it's got to be others my gosh you right, right
2: it'd be awesome you know <laughs> what I mean like if this was if, if, listen, if this was any other neighborhood in any other state in certain areas
0: yeah it, it'd be it'd be on They'd site yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. And so so um Jacoba and the siblings, they want to go public, but then they start getting threats and weird occurrences, like their their lug nuts are gone off their cars. They're getting like the the coroner is calling them. But that which was a lot. But let's get into it. Let's discuss what Jason brought up here. Let's get into Dr. Klein's religion and the supposed maybe link to Quiverful. So In 1963, we get this like montage. Klein is like driving in his car in this neighborhood. They have him like changing the radio, but he runs over a four-year-old girl who was on her bike. That reenactment, oh my God, it like was devastating to me. Like Ugh, it was so dumb. Like, in none of these reenactments are graphic. Like, they're not graphic at all, really. But they're just shot in such a really like. Oh, it was so of, good. The, of the blood screams coming
2: from the coming from the little girl. Ugh. Like, oh my god! Like, and the that screams was, of oh. the
0: mother.
1: It was the yeah. screams and the sobbing yeah. of the off-screen mother. These are beautiful. Um, beautiful. Slightly the wrong word. They're very effective. Yeah. So I don't need to see yes. a mangled four-year-old girl. But if you show me blood and I hear. A woman screaming from her very soul screaming and sobbing I I get it so you know, exactly. really well done
0: Ooh, yes and so because of this they, they speculate because again most of this is speculation because Klein himself has not technically been on the record as to why he's done this like technically Jacoba what had we get recordings from him because she records whenever she's talking to him but it's mostly just kind of like bible verse here bible verse there and um like uh oh i only did it for for certain people like it's it he really does not um come out and say it so they're so they're again researching so they find out he the little girl he he kills the little girl um, he wants to atone for that. So he turns to religion. His office is, re- is littered with religious texts. And one, um, religious text that keeps on coming up is Jeremiah 1.5, which he keeps spouting at them as if that is his reasoning. But I mean, uh, Jeremiah one five goes, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And uh, let me. I'm going to ask you guys what you guys got from this, but let me just say, to me, that sounds like a man who's trying to play God.
2: Yeah, I uh, mean, Klein obviously has a severe God complex. Yeah. Uh, because you, you have to think, going into his mindset, even with these cases where he knows that the father is trying to provide the sample, maybe he's looking at himself like, you know what, I'm better than this guy. Right. This This should be my, this offspring would benefit more from my genes and this person's genes because I am superior to this person in every mm-hmm. way. And we talk about the, the Bible verses of it all. You know, reason number 500 why I like Jacoba is like when she, they have the <laughs> meeting with the siblings and he's like spouting this at her, she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa buddy, don't, uh, don't go using my God to justify your nonsense. Like, yes. I felt like it was almost like a holy war. It like, it's like, no, no, no <laughs> that's my God, not your God. Like, don't get, get your hands off of my God. Stop using my God's words for your misdeeds. Uh, So that was a very uh, uh, powerful segment there where she's like, -uh, don't don't do that. Like, you're going to fight over religion. And this in this very like the reenactment was very tense and weird. I -hmm. can only imagine what the actual event was like. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, they describe him as coming in and he's cold. He's emotionless. He's he's writing down everyone's profession Mm -hmm. and what they do to, like, judge them. to like, who is the best of these people that I created, which just shows you this, the, you know the psychopathy of this person and what he's thinking and feeling. And he's obviously not well. Um, but yeah, that's, that was a fascinating aspect of it. And for him to be like throwing all this gossip out there is just to tell you a lot about the people that you, that you see in society mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> that are like
2: that. Like, don't like delve a little deeper. Don't, don't fall for that. Exactly. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can imagine, I mean, he was, Um, lauded for a reason. You know, people who couldn't have children would go to him. He was a fertility specialist, Um, as Murray said, right at the beginning of this kind of idea of of, uh, artificial insemination. We're going to get in vitro, we're going to get all sorts of things to come. But people who couldn't have babies come to him and they have a baby. This Say he started with pure motives, this is going to be a very powerful aphrodisiac and I use that word you know deliberately to his ego of Mm -hmm. I can create so where's the line where you step over and say I've tried five times with the husband with the low motility and nothing's happened what if I just put a little bit of my sauce in there and we'll see what happens um he the only thing that he said is that he was trying to help quote unquote But Uh uh, uh, here's slightly where, I mean, we'll get to our recommendations later and I'll talk more about my reservations about this documentary. Um, I mean, I think you could, listeners can tell that we are generally, you know, quite positive towards it. But this, there was never much of a delving, very hard to delve when the person won't go on record. But Lucy Jordan really. Sticks with Jacoba's investigation and Angela, the reporter's investigation, and doesn't do much digging outside of that. So mm. the Quiverful movement is mentioned, something I'd never heard of till a couple of months ago, and now it's mm. everywhere I see. Um, mm. it's, a, it's not a religion, it's a movement, it's a, it's a, it's a Christian movement uh, which aims to have as many children as possible as ambassadors for God. Uh, Women are completely subjugated. It's a patriarchal uh, movement, and it is so repulsive (laughs) as Mm -hmm. to, but we can't just recoil from it. I mean, unfortunately, we have to engage with it because these people are in our parliaments. In, our, mm-hmm. in positions of power. Uh, Klein is still an elder of the church and very supported yep. by his church uh, community. Um, I mean, I'm atheist, but I understand the power and the goodness of a church, of any religion uh, can have in community. These people, as you say, are in our communities. So we can't just say, oh, that's terrible and re- uh, resolve from it. We actually have to engage with it. The Klein kids, for the most part, are uh, they're all white, and for the most part, they are blonde with blue eyes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And so the, the the quiverful movement they they've said, like like Sarah said, they want you to go out and be in politics. They want you to gain some power so that they can, um, from what the documentary. Suggest here is so that they could make, uh, turn civil law into the Bible. And the reason why Jason, um, said this is very apt, it's because this movement is rooted in white supremacy and it follows the white supremacy talking points that we just seen with the, um, unfortunate timing of the Buffalo mass shooting and the perpetrator of that. Um, it is one of those ones where they want to produce more of the right white race so it does not disappear so they don't become the minority. And Jacoba. Pointed out that the wall of babies in Dr. Klein's office is, are all white. They're all white babies, like Sarah said. They're all blonde hair and blue eyes. Like Indiana is a, it's pretty diverse in 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 some areas. Um, so it's very interesting that you know, it, 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 I, I'm pretty sure there are other couples that can go and want fertility, but he seems to specialize in in, in blonde hair, blue eyes. You know, I did
2: wonder like if he ever like turned away. Uh, you know, people that weren't <laughs> up to his standard, if you will. Yes, uh, I wonder that as well. To, but I mean, the the, the uh... maybe
1: that's maybe that's where the medical students come in, or the the husband's sperm. I mean, we don't know that it was every single patient that he used his own sperm on. Although, you know, it was 1979 to 1986. It's a lot of kids. Um, uh, perhaps his charges were, uh, you know, priced people out of the market. We don't know. And again, that's not mm. that's not just dis- that's not discussed at all.
0: Right, and and um, I think was it Julie who said it was one of the siblings that said, "Oh no, it was Jacoba." Sorry, he she said, "Was he a racist bigot that used um our moms as pawns in his in this quiverful?" Movement. So, it, they, they, this is like they give us this section to make us ponder his motives. Like we said, there's we don't know for sure, but I mean it. It looks. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's no direct.
2: There's no direct link. Like the way they got into the quiverful thing was that Jacob was looking up the people from the state's attorney's office, and she found one of their email addresses was a quiverful email address. Yes, uh, and it's like, and then they talk about the fact that that Jeremiah one five. Uh, scripture is a scripture that they quote quite often, so I think yes. that's the link that we're supposed to get. That it kind of insinuates that he may have been part of that uh, that movement, but there's no like direct link to it. But Correct, I mean, right. I think there's a I think there's a pretty good chance that that was you know as part of it, but we can, we can only speculate on that.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, even if it's not directly quiverful, uh, the 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 white supremacy agenda is is pretty pretty stark, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. Well, even if it's not about him. Even if it's not about him trying to further, quote unquote, further the white race, it's just about him feeling superior to other people. It, mm-hmm. it, if we, if we just kind of quantify it down to just him, mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm superior than all these other people that want these babies. I'm helping these mothers by giving them my superior genes, which you find out are actually. Yes. Just- yeah. they were actually inferior which was mm-hmm. I, I, I'd like to be in a room when he found that out' like wait a minute uh, what, what? Uh, my genes are are not like are yes. not great for them. like would have been like rejected if I had applied to be a donor nowadays yeah uh, many of the that-
1: siblings share um, autoimmune uh, issues and have a very similar medical issues which are you know um, uh, which impact their lives very strongly and uh, this comes from you know, Klein's sperm so not so superior right. after all
0: right um yeah and and uh before we jump into that because the documentary <laughs> does a doozy and ends on that well the legal ramifications right so again like we were saying Jacoba filed a complaint with the state attorney general's office she she um filed that pretty early on when they had first figured out what was happening and basically the the uh, prosecutor's office was kind of just like there's nothing we could charge him with. And this was a kind of a heartbreaking segment here because, like, they were saying like sexual assault needs force and non consent in some of their laws. Like, so the this is where we came back to the mothers, the actual patients, where they were like crying and they're all saying, like, I would not have given my consent for him to use his sperm. Not at all. Like, I, I feel like I he never gave me a choice. This was very powerful they they basically went back to back to back like talking to each one of the the mothers themselves and they, they couldn't get them on anything for for rape or or like uh Sarah said assault like battery with bodily fluid they said he couldn't even get them on that um because technically they signed a consent paperwork to um have uh donors you know to be inseminated with donor donor Uh, semen but yeah so what we ended up getting what they they originally um he sent up for some reason he sent a um a letter to the, the attorney general's office saying that he had never uh, used his DNA to inseminate his patients. But it's like, dude, like what? <laughs> it was right here. There's all these DNA matches. Like what? So because of that, they got him with like filing a false document. And because they were able to get a warrant out on that, they then got a warrant for his DNA to finally confirm that uh, for Jacoba, he has a 99.9997% chance that he is her father. And because of this, he was then charged with two counts of obstruction of justice. So, again, everything that he is being charged with is against the state. It's not even against the victims The self and he is basically charged with lying to the state and he pled guilty and many think it's because he wanted to avoid a trial he wanted to avoid a stiffer punishment and he more importantly wanted to avoid any of the rest of that coming out um and then come to find out he has friends in the prosecutor's office the judge herself um basically was like even though Jacoba and a lot of the siblings gave victim impact stories the mothers gave victim impact stories the judge was like well i can only consider the charge that of being brought against him today and that's only against the state and she just basically gave him a fine a fine and a suspended sentence i don't know if he the there it is yes. the,
2: the courtroom scenes were quite uh like rage inducing because it's yes. just like you know, first it's like, uh, you know, Jacoba, reason number 612 while we have Jacoba is like, <laughs> yep. she gets up there and she's like, all right, F what they told me to say. I'm going to tell my story and mm-hmm. hopefully like the judge will see past the, you know, the technicality of it all mm-hmm. and charge him with what he's done because he's like violated all these people. But I mean, mm-hmm. as Donald Glover said, you know, this is America. Yep. Like, <laughs> people in that. certain people in certain, you know, uh, Tears of our society get away with things. He had these like letters of, uh, you know, what do you ever call it? Affirmation from all these people that are uh, like, yeah, mm-hmm. he's a good man. He's a great member of the church and of society. And then you had the judge talking about like, uh, just remember, no matter what happens here today, the people that love you will still love you. As she's mm-hmm. talking to Klein, where it's just like, right. what? Like, why are you like? You, you're like just sorry like, for sorry
1: for finding you five hundred dollars. Yeah, then, you know
2: he, he gets. I have with, to
1: because you lied. Yeah. Sorry, you like, lied to the state. Yeah. Like, there's
2: just there's just this evidence staring me in the face. Like, I have to charge you as a felon, but I'm so sorry. And uh, it'll yeah. just be five hundred dollars. You want me to pay it for you? I can pay it for you. Uh, I right? was basically right like, more yeah. that. And to be those people sitting in that courtroom who this man has violated and for the you know judicial system of America to say, like, OK, I know this man violated you. I know that this should be a common sense thing where we say this was wrong. He should go to jail for for a long time. But oh, wait, he lied to us. So that's what we're going to get him on. Not that he violated you he lied to us, the government, like mm. it's just, it's like, yeah. make your mind like explode. We're just like, why is this happening? Like, you know, it, yeah, it
1: we did have a very interesting, mm-hmm. uh, legal expert, Jody Madeira from Indiana university. And one of her points was, look, you could, there are, uh, you know, laws on the books that you could, uh, you know, make a case, uh, against him for the victims, But she talked very fatalistically about it's not going to be brought. It's just not going to be brought by the courts and a jury will not be convicting. And that's enraging, too, that you could even say, well, look, here's the law that he broke when he violated his victims. And for legal experts to go, yeah, but, like, it's not actually going to get to court, and if it does, uh, there'll be no conviction. So, um, as we mentioned before, in 2018, there's a fertility fraud bill that's been signed into law, and this was brought by uh, uh, Liz White, who we've mentioned before. Liz, one of the women, very Powerful uh, speaker on her own behalf and her son Matt. Matt so so yeah. um, they had brought uh, they started it and the bill ensures. Uh, I'm just going to read it here. Any misrepresentation in a medical procedure is considered a felony. Ooh. Uh, so this is this is really powerful and broad enough that you can bring all sorts of things under that. Um, so at the end, we do find out that clients uh, not the only one. There are 44 other fertility doctors who've been discovered to have done uh, the same thing. Klein gets the crown for being the most prolific. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So far.
2: Yeah, and talking about, like, the, like, the I guess the legal procedure of it all, like, we meet, like, the probably one of the the people interviewed, one of the most douchey people in the documentary, which was Tim Delaney, which is, like, a former prosecutor. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, these women came to me, and they wanted me to basically, like, you know, be like on their side but I wouldn't have that like I can't put yeah. this on paper because this is not nothing no, no, there was no legal crime that happened here like that's so why you know they want me to codify them and be like oh, you know sympathetic toward them but no way that's like, this guy was the
0: worst yeah he was he truly truly was he and and that's the type of attitude that prosecutors go into with with cases like this where they don't see the true victim and it, it's very annoying and I like matt white like shout out to him because he was another one of the siblings who who uh talked and he that that man looked like he was filled with quiet rage like i was like i would never want to be on matt white's bad side and he looked he looked the most like klein like out he did all all the kids that we
2: saw we didn't need no dna (laughs) test like we know (laughs) we (laughs) can see it my guy like you are that guy he looked just like him
0: I felt so, so bad for him, but I like him and, and Liz. Liz was the one who talked about she felt like she was being raped. And they were, they were so, just so powerful seeing that just directly from the, the people's mouth. So, like, yeah, let's get into these genetic disorders, man. So after the legal um, portion, the sibling count is still, it's still going up, y'all. <laughs> still, still
2: going. That tick, 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 tick. And <laughs> the, <laughs> worst, the worst part of it is every time they do that, you hear in the background this oh. moaning. Uh, which is supposed, supposed to be Klein giving. His-
1: Unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. I give them a big black mark for that. I did not need that. Where I'm, I fully approve of the uh, reenactment uh, at the beginning with the, <laughs> of the shoulder of the masturbation, I thought, yes, please don't get give me ecstatic moans as the count goes up.
0: No. Oh, man, so good, so good. Uh I love that counter, that every time I was like, Oh Lord, like me <laughs> like, and here my Here we go. Oh <laughs> yeah. there it
2: goes. Like yeah, it's exactly. Know, it's not this- <laughs> they max. There's max fifteen. Click 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 like seventeen. Like oh no, no more than twenty-five. 29.
0: Me and my husband would just just like, oh come on, like every single time. It was so so funny. Um, but so most of the siblings have genetic disorders and health issues. Like some of the issues that they can't even identify. Jacoba herself says like she had she had been like in and out of hospitals, like they don't know what's happening and um I think we got uh what was um uh, Jason him as well he was saying he he got endoscopies colonoscopies like all of these things, and he doesn't know what's wrong with him, and they think it's mostly autoimmune diseases one of the siblings I don't think I caught her name she was sibling number. Th- i want to say it was like 30 something or 50 something she had a blood disorder autoimmune blood disorder that actually led to her having a miscarriage and she didn't realize it until she had the miscarriage and then they were able to find the blood disorder but um, yeah, i good. think
1: that's carrie carrie foster number 53
0: Thank you. Carrie Foster, number 53. Exactly. And I think Julie said she's had digestive and colon issues as well that are not on her her mother's side. So what it is is here, so Klein is well known for having rheumatoid arthritis. We get Farber, the Farber's talking about how he had rheumatoid arthritis so much that they thought that his, um, like, his ability was in jeopardy. I think he even switched for, I think they said he might've switched from being like a surgeon because of the rheumatoid ar- arthritis. And I, I hope most people know rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease itself. And rheumatoid arthritis arthritis is a genetic and can be passed down genetically, but not only can it be passed down to you genetically as rheumatoid arthritis, it can manifest in that next generation as any type of autoimmune disease, like not necessarily just RA. So, and there are a plethora of different autoimmune diseases out there that the siblings will probably just Go their whole lives trying to get a correct diagnosis because, unlike House and all of the, and Grey's Anatomy, sometimes it takes more than an hour to figure out really huh? really difficult diagnosis. <laughs> yeah, Mari with the
3: stunts, But it I also know what thinks- you're going
0: to, Mari. But my doctors <laughs>
2: diagnosed everything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um for you mean, and your
3: deans. I
1: mean, then they have to 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 question their own um decisions to have uh, to have children as well. Exactly. Do they want to pass do they want to pass that on? And this is something that he knew. Um this is very interesting too, the sibling sixty-one Alison Farber, who is the daughter of the friends and colleagues of Dr. Klein. And there's a really harrowing photograph of her as a baby being held in dr klein's arms uh, and yeah. he knows uh but no one else knows you can know it's
2: that the, can you imagine the like devious mind just be saying yeah. like yeah I, you guys think that you, i did like, that yeah yeah that, so, this is me and so like let,
0: yeah i'm sorry i was just gonna say let's set this up because yeah. at this point in the documentary guys i'm just like okay we've got the legal aspect of it we've got most of the victims now we're up to sibling 61 at this point i'm just thinking okay so we're just adding another sibling here like i'm like surely <laughs> there can't be anything else left can be, there can't be something else that
2: makes my jaw drop to the floor <laughs>
0: exactly there, there can't be anything else for this but um as as we said um uh dr klein has had uh. Autoimmune diseases. Uh, if he if he were to try and be a, a donor, he would not qualify because of his family history. But Allison Farber, she her both her and her daughter were having um, they they had genetic genetic disorders that they were trying to um, identify, and they used twenty three andme to try and see if they could um, uh, if it can give them insight on what their genetic disorders was. But when she put in the twenty three and Me, she popped up with all these half siblings, and she's like, "Whoa, this can't be right!" Because I am a product of my mother and my father, and I had no idea that they even, you know, there was any type of fertility issues, except for maybe that they went and took some fertility pills. So Jacoba does Jacoba's thing. She's like, "Hey, girl, hey, um, <laughs> bring you bring. All- what's up, girl? Uh, welcome <laughs> to the fam." Yeah. Yeah, exactly um <laughs> i can give you some insight and allison was like yeah i just i don't know i just i just i just ignored it but
2: like i said, feel like that's something that i would have done like if same. someone that contacted me like okay this must have obviously been an error like maybe you're a <laughs> a third cousin there three times removed whatever no biggie because she said that she saw them in the really close family that it wasn't like she didn't understand that they meant that these were her half siblings that at first she yeah. thought it was uh, you know just her like third cousin removed or whatever but then uh-huh. she saw Dr. Uh, so I'm glad I walked into this not knowing about this case and you number did. like 812 reason why I'm glad I don't watch Dr. Phil because <laughs> it, uh, it didn't spoil me on this, uh, on this case but yeah she saw Dr. Phil and saw Jacoba and the other people that were listed there as you know having this issue with Dr. Klein she's like oh crap like yeah uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I know him oh crap yeah. I know him he is and a family she, friend.
0: Yes. He is a family friend of the Farbers who have been in this documentary since like the midway point. And we th- were thinking they're a character witness for, for him. She then calls her mom. She's like, hey, you know, uh, I just got a hit about like Dr. Klein, you know, and all this. And that's when the mother and the father come to terms that. They had went to Dr. Klein for fertility issues, but they were told that it was the husband's sperm. They did not know that Klein had used his sperm to inseminate Allison Farber's mom. And Allison Farber's mom here, again, she was like, I, the amount of emotions I went through my head, like I, I couldn't believe it. And I was angry, but how could I be angry? Because he, they ended up having twins, like Allison and had a twin sister. And she was like, and my girls are my favorite thing about me. So how can I really be? Mad and the husband again, like Sarah said, he was just yeah. sitting there. Like he, yeah. he looked like, like he was about to say something. <laughs> exactly, but then he didn't. And um he was just like, I, 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 just didn't. She was just, she had mixed emotions, and so we get the pictures of Jacoba and Dr. Klein and him being a close family friend. Uh, Allison, then, Allison. Oh, sorry, Allison. Yeah. I'm sorry, I said Jacoba again. Sorry. I'm sorry. Like Alice-
1: we love Queen Jacoba. She's, Queen she's Jacoba everywhere. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so we get the pictures of Allison and and Dr. Klein, and we know that they like she's basically grown up there. And then, what we find out is that Dr. Klein was Allison's fertility doctor, and that for two years, at the very least, he did all of her Paps, he did her breast exams, knowing full well that he was her father.
2: So it wasn't made clear, like. If she had to uh, get a, a donor sample or have her husband's sample to have her kids,
0: yeah, like that I wasn't made clear. I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't that. think you. Yeah, she, yeah. Uh-huh. he was just. You think, I think he at it. least
2: didn't cross that line, right?
0: Right. Yes, I. I think her kids were fine. I think he was just sounded like he was just kind of like her gynecologist. It didn't seem like she she had. Well, she did say like
2: fertility had. doctor. So she I did like, say
0: that. Mm,
2: uh-huh. Like, I don't know. So, I, and just the just the, just to touch on the like surprise. Please touch that touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to uh, just to reference the uh, the surprise of it all. I guess I like because they they flashed her full name on the screen when she came on. I guess at that point I should have realized, but I didn't. I just kind of I went past know. it. And then when like she's talking about it, like oh yeah, it's another another uh, another victim of Doctor Kleins. And then when like and then as she's talking about it and the Uh, was it Shireen and Mark pop on screen? Like, oh wait, like that's those her parents? Like, (laughs) just the just the shock and awe of that. Like, to to my assistant, like, oh my gosh, like this 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 goes so much further, even out of bounds. Like, your buddy has now like betrayed you and done this to you, and Mm -hmm. just to just to feel like like what they must have gone through. Um, realizing slowly, like as they hear about this through the news or whatever, like. But he, he, he didn't do that to us, right? Like, that's not like, but he wouldn't, like, he he wouldn't do that to our his friends. And then for them to be like, oh, no, he did that. He did do that to his friends. Like, he did that to us. Has mm-hmm. to be, like, a
0: complex range of emotions. And Sarah, do you think, also, this was the woman who he had asked her, like, are you Jewish? And she was like, yeah. And she told him that she did not appreciate his office having all of the Christian Symbols in it. Do you think that in itself is also another insidious oh, aspect to this? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. I mean, it's uh, the, the bouquet of insidiousness is is extraordinary. I mean, the fact that he asked, the fact that they were sort of family friends when he was so um, dismissive of her and her speciality. Um, she's also a, she's a she's a, a PhD in. Uh, Child um, in child uh, rearing and child development, and he felt he knew more than her. Uh, I think definitely one of the things about the, I mean, it's just hard to even say that replacement theory is obviously you would want to replace a Jewish baby with at least a half Christian baby if we are to to um, if we are out. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. I will. I can't speak on behalf of my gender, but on behalf of the white people do yeah. so much better, like do so much better, everybody, including me, including me. Um, we can't just not be racist. We have to be anti-racist mm-hmm. um, and uh, speak up when you can and to be an ally, uh, even if there are only white people in the room. That's one of the things I can you know, to give you for free. Um, yes, I definitely <laughs> think that he wouldn't necessarily have uh, done it specifically because he, because because um, Shireen was Jewish, but certainly it would have fitted in with his uh, my my sperm is superior. Although he doesn't think of these people as his children.
2: Yeah, mm, he actually said yeah. that. Like, I don't I don't think of these people as my children. Which is which is just chilling. Like when you hear that.
0: Yeah. 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 Exactly. So and and that's it. That's that is um, our father. I mean, if you need if you
2: need a if you need a a story about heroic women, like this is where you come to. Like this was a story full of heroic women. You know, you have we didn't we didn't speak a lot about her, but Angela uh, Genote, who was the reporter that uh, that really stepped up and really brought this into the public light. Uh, you know she's one of the heroes here. You have Jacoba, who's one of the heroes. So you have the the victims, Julie. Uh-huh. yeah, Julie, who are like a, one of the heroes here. Like this is a, mostly a story about heroic women stepping up and doing what needs to be done to bring this guy to at least the little bit of just the, the tiny, like in, infinitesimal amount of justice that this man got, which was not near enough. But to to even get it to that level was because of Jacoba, because of Angela, and the things that they did to to bring this to
0: light. Exactly. Yeah,
1: and I mean we've 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 joked slightly, but obviously we take this uh, very seriously. These are, are real people, and an mm-hmm. incredible injustice uh, has been done to them, and the inhumanity of it uh, cannot be overstated. So we we very much know that, uh, but we just would like to talk about it in an entertaining way. Partly because it's very hard to sit with the issues that uh, that this brings up.
0: Right, exactly. And Sarah, I, you, I see you wanted to bring up a further property, correct? Yeah. Before we so, got into the rating.
1: Yeah, so so prior to this, um, uh, Lucy uh, Jourdain did a series taken at birth. Um, it is on TLC. Uh, it's a very disturbing story of the Hicks babies. I'd never heard of the Hicks babies. Uh, the name was given to uh, they think more than two hundred. Uh, newborn babies who were illegally sold out the back door of a clinic uh, in small-town Georgia during the 50s and 60s. and they're called Hicks babies because the man who did this was uh, Dr. Hicks. Again, we have a citizen sleuth. Again, we have a heroic woman, uh, Jane Bellasio. She says, "I am a black market baby." She's been investigating this for for thirty years or so. She brings in reporters uh, Chris Jacobs and uh, Lisa Joyner. Um, they are uh, Hicks is is long dead, but uh, there's a there's exhumations. There's meetings, there's all sorts of things. They think that uh, one of the things that Hicks did was uh, women would come to him for abortions. He would persuade them not to have abortions. He would persuade them to have the baby, and then he would sell them for a $1,000 out the back of the clinic. Uh, He was also uh, inducing labor early. A lot of these Hicks babies were small. Uh, He was inducing labor early and telling the mothers that the baby had died selling them out the back of the, out the back of the door uh, and one woman who, who gave birth and was told that her baby had died. she remembers hearing the baby crying and they told her that uh, she that was just a dream. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting that it seems like uh, um, this director's interest lies in you know bodily autonomy, fertility, the patriarchy, uh, money, uh, doctors playing God, in style, it's our father is a great step forward <laughs> stylistically. Mm-hmm. Uh, taken at Birth is very interesting to watch for the story, but it's told very hectically. And at the mm. end of every section for an ad, we're told what we're about to see. We come back from the ad. We're told what we just saw and what we're about to see. So there's this continual yeah, rotation of information. It's um It's very hectic. It's very... Uh, sensational in a way that um, our father isn't. I have criticisms of our father, which we'll get to for our ratings. Mm. Um, I'm not going to recommend seeing taken at birth, but I don't not recommend it. I mean, it's an extraordinary story. And again, we get the citizen sleuth. Again, we get the person with the, um, the dogged determination to solve a single uh, crime, and um, and it's very interesting for this director to look at what her themes are uh, that she's exploring, and I expect the next thing that she makes, while it may be different, will have that similar uh, DNA, if I may, of you know uh, uh, the writing of of um, humanitarian crimes, <laughs> gross crimes, and the strength of. Uh, individual people, and in this, in both these cases, uh, mostly the women. Although it must be said in our father that the two men, that uh, the two male client kids, uh, uh, kids that we see, um, uh, Jason and um, Matt, Matt, Matt are, are very interesting men. So yes, you can find you can find that it's um, it's on something Hulu. you can. Uh-huh. Uh, the on US. Hulu. Yes, that's uh-huh. right. And uh, you can you can potter around um, doing your dusting and your dishes while you're watching it.
0: Yes. And if we're going to continue on not recommendation recommendations here, which I think is the perfect spot for it. Like, like I said, I watched baby God on HBO Max. It th- deals with the same thing. I thought I watched it and I thought it gave a lot more background on Klein in a sense, because it gave more background on how fertility was like how of uh they did fertility in the early days even more so i i liked it for the background but it is very slow it's not it's it's like traditional documentary style so you get like you feel like the camera is riding along with another woman she's like the main character who's like tracking down the siblings and stuff like that but for some reason it's just not as flashy as our father um but it has the same central story like the siblings find out that they, they a fertility doctor um is their uh Sperm donor, and they didn't know. But for them, it's easier because when they put their DNA in the the like the twenty three m or whatever, all of his kids' DNA was in there. There was like six of his kids' in DNA in there, so they just kept seeing the name Fortier, Fortier, Fortier. They're like, who is this? And and so, it, it, if you want more of this type of thing, if you want more about like fertility doctors being dicks, <laughs> go and watch Baby God yeah oh oh dang wait right that might not have been the best being very bad people yeah (laughs) go and watch that on HBO max but let's get into the ratings for this property for our father jason how would you rate our father uh out of five magnifying glasses five being the best one being eh, i'm gonna
2: give it three and a half uh okay crack off the handle to one of the magnifying glasses yeah, uh, we'll give that half.
0: <laughs> um, so
2: I took a, I took a half off for like we don't get much of the client perspective. I understand why we didn't, mm-hmm. but we didn't get much of the perspective from either him or maybe his family members that were involved. Mm-hmm. Taking another half off for some of these reenactments, um, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like so, when we're talking about Jacoba, and Jacoba was such a sport going through all the reenactments. I think she really like, was. Yeah, there's this moment where it's like she's in this red hoodie. We see her from the back, yes. and we <laughs> no, no, got no. like these the papers. Are just staple all over her wall, and we get it's the a serial over, killer wall.
3: It's a yeah. serial killer wall. Yeah. We get the
2: voice over her at one moment. It's like it's not like I'm crazy or anything. As like as we see this wall of papers, and she's like obviously like looking like the crazy like conspiracy theorist person, and some of the other things like she's walking uh, in her quote unquote, in her town, and she's mm-hmm. like seeing her siblings. Like anyone could be myself. Si-. Those were a little cheesy and corny uh for me. Um and then my last half off will be uh from just I felt like I like my true concept to be like a who done it, like a how done it. Mm-hmm. I feel like very early on we're like, this is the guy that did it. Uh he's a bad guy. Let me just tell you now why he's such a bad guy. Mm, i prefer okay. my true crime to be like i want to i want to i want to have some <laughs> uh some some solving of my own to be doing like oh what, mm. i wonder how that happened or why that happened but we we kind of got we kind of got spoiled in the first like minute of it like this guy did this and like this is how not necessarily the why but yeah so those are my one and a half reasons why <laughs> why i gave a three and a half magnifying glasses
0: okay Awesome, um, Sarah. Let's go with you next. What are your magnifying glasses?
1: Well, I, I'm going to give it a three. I really liked. Uh, I really liked this uh, documentary. I liked uh, um, watching it. I'm very grateful to those people for being so honest and and showing their lives. I will ding it uh, for a few things, like Jason. I mean, her in the red hoodie with the serial killer wall is unforgivable. Um, it's a great image, but it's it's just not right. And I feel it does her a disservice. I feel that she did what the director asked her to do because, because like her giving evidence at the trial about Dr. Klein lying, she just she wants to get it out there and I do appreciate it. But that I found the reenactment of uh, Dr. Klein coming to the table with the gun and the seven siblings, and some of them are real siblings and some of them are actors and he's an actor. I thought, I can imagine somebody... Walking into a place with a table, like I don't,
0: yeah. and
1: it, 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 it's a shame because some of the reenactments, particularly the um, going down the hallways of the clinic, the woman waiting with the legs in the stirrups, that's a very vulnerable position. I appreciated all of those. So the more atmospheric, let's say, um, reenactments worked very well, and the this is what happened if we'd had a camera in the place reenactments. I, I, I I thought were not good. I would have liked more from uh, Jody Madeira, the law professor at Indiana University, I because that to me is part of the process. Like she did briefly give us uh, uh, um, some comments, but I would have liked um, uh, a more a more of a survey, um, you know, historical precedent or whatever it might have been. I would have liked just a little bit more of that meat of why the law could not... Um, uh, protect uh, these people, or 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 have reparations for these people. Uh, that's the wrong word, restitution for these people. Um, so I would have liked a little bit more of that. And I feel like uh, the question about why he did it or who he was as a man were like, well, it could have been this, it could have been that, but we don't know. Let's move on. Like I think there was more to explore there. There was an un you know an, an anonymous. Krishna who talks about him but it was touched on so lightly and moved on from and i thought this man is at the center um and i would have liked more more from that so so i liked most of it but i did have some quite strong uh what i felt was lacking and what i felt was there which shouldn't have been there so i'm going to give it a three but i'm going to say definitely worth your time and um, how about you Murray?
0: well i'm gonna give it a four i i i I was thinking about going higher until i heard some of y'all's um thing because i actually really like this i i actually liked it better on the rewatch too like i i think it's because again i'm i'm a a huge sucker for bloom house so i liked that it was a documentary i liked the reenactment i i did i i found the the red hoodie one hilarious made no sense Found it very hilarious. It just
2: portrayed the seriousness of the subject for me a little it, bit. It was like, this is a little that. corny. Um, I don't know if it belongs. It's, it's like, it's, as some people say, it's like, it's too cute by half. Like, it's a little much.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a little much. I just like the overall production value of it, because Again, after watching this documentary and then going back and watching some other ones, it it, it gave it was like a movie documentary feel to it. Like it, it, you don't get too many of those type of stylistic documentaries where they can almost feel like a movie. And I, I mean, you're right. You guys are right. They didn't give a lot of background on Klein, but I thought it was kind of interesting that even with a little bit of background they made him into the big bad like like the the kids were talking about when they saw him in court how that was the first time they had physically been near him like some of them have physically been near him and they were like crying being near they they successfully made this (laughs) very old man, like very intimidating. Like, oh, he had the gun. The reporter was like, I was so scared. I didn't want to go into the the restaurant to meet him because, you know, and then all of the intimidation tactics. I thought they just did a great job of, of building this man up to be a monster because, and I feel like it was warranted because if we don't do it here, it felt like nobody was doing it. The community wasn't doing it. The judge was all sympathetic to him i i did feel like it was important that they got the story across that what he did truly hurt people and i think that's what i like about this documentary more than anything is because i felt i i feel like i could sympathize with those women every time liz told her story or diana told her story what what her husband thought like i think they did such a great job of putting a stamp in a face and, and a in actual true victims in this case. So I, I really like that part. The one thing that I did take off from was um, it was kind of confusing. I'm glad I watched it a second time because sometimes they would interview Jacoba, like her hair would go from long to short to like, which was fine. Cause I was like, Jacoba was very recognizable. So I, and when she changed, I could tell, but some of the other talking heads when they changed like their appearance, I was confused. I was like, "Is this another sibling?" That with Julie took,
2: for me. With like, Julie, Julie like, so goes many times, wearing something one one minute, wearing like this other like big shawl. I think she had on. So yeah, like, is that Julie? I was like. I think that's Julie. Yeah. But like, yeah. like, like, on second watch. I was like, "Yeah, that is Julie." But Yeah. Then yep. throw me for a second
1: for a look. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. like Drag Race, I should say. Get your get your um, interview outfit. Yes. Your, yeah, yeah. wear it every time yeah. we every time we interview you. <laughs>
0: Exactly. That was when Liz was telling her story. They would go back to the one shot of Liz, then there was a shot of her with like her hair down, and then another shot back at the original shot. So that was kind of confusing, and that's what made me take basically a whole point off. But and also, it must I be really said that it. a lot of
1: those a lot of those kids look very alike. So when yeah. <laughs> when there's a different haircut, and a different shirt, you think is this another? Because I mean, that was one thing when we see Allison looking at the Dr. Phil uh, show with the siblings, and she just yeah. looks exactly like them.
0: <laughs> yeah only uh 53 carrie foster was the only one who had had like the dark hair and the she didn't even have yeah, like she met, had dark hair and dark a little brunette, i
2: think right yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah but but, but matt was like undeniable <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that, face. <laughs> that face yeah but yeah so I, so i that's what i liked about it that's what i and i think it's important i think it's a really important to uh documentary you watch about body autonomy and stuff like that and it was entertaining it entertained me first and foremost I mean you know after the victims and all that you know after mm-hmm. the but I, I yeah. really I, I truly liked it I, I really did and I, I didn't realize especially until I watched it the second time like how much I liked it and like I said when me and my husband were watching it we were just like come on man anyway I like I like the story so uh that is those are my ratings I gave it a four out of five uh let us know uh uh reach out to us let us know what you think what your ratings are we'd love to hear from you but let's get into our recommendations like what we actually recommend
1: (laughs) Jason do you have a recommendation for us or for our listeners as well
2: yeah, so like I said, I don't delve much into the true crime aspect of like like you guys do obviously. Um but I'm a comic book guy, so I had to bring a comic book related item to you. Ooh, so there's okay. this writer uh one of my favorite comic book writers Brian Michael Bendis. Uh one of his first uh forays into into like comic related things was a graphic novel entitled Torso and it tackles the real life uh uh um, you know, case of the Cleveland Torso Murderer would basically oh, this really? guy uh, kill like twelve people and he would dismember them and leave only the mm-hmm. torsos. And the uh the investigator for this case was Elliot Ness and mm-hmm. uh, you know a group of uh, people. That, I forgot what they called that group. Was the yeah, up- Untouchables? So, yeah. Well, this was the Unknowns. This is a different like group. um mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was that. That tackles that case. Uh, I, I read it a long time ago and it was one of the first things that Brian Michael Bendis had done and when he got into the mainstream, I looked into more of his stuff. So that's something I really enjoyed. So that's what I would recommend for you guys to check out. It's a graphic novel. Uh, oh, so you can go out to pretty much any awesome. comic book store, probably out on Amazon. You can find it too. So yeah, that's where you can find that stuff.
0: Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so the the very infamous Cleveland Toy Torso Murders, which I believe, Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong, they're still unsolved, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. Uh, let's
1: and get a they,
2: some sleuth onto that. <laughs>
0: And they killed it, it killed Elliot Ness's career.
2: Uh, Get your Cobalt on the case.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, Murray, do you have a recommendation for us this week? Um, I don't because I will tackle I will tack on to one of your recommendations. So Ooh. how about All you, right, well,
1: I went uh-huh. down an amusement park a rabbit hole documentary this week. I watched the excellent uh abc that's australian broadcasting corporation a three-part documentary it's called exposed the ghost train fire uh, you can see that on abc iview on demand in australia and it, elsewhere you can actually see it on vimeo because the director of photography has actually put it onto his vimeo page so it's very easily found Uh, It's a bit of a sit, it's three parts and each part is 90 minutes and you think, oh, surely they're stretching it out. Uh, No, 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 no. So uh, people, uh, uh, certainly my age and and maybe some younger Australians uh, will remember, in 1979 at the amusement park, Luna Park, uh, there was a fire in the ghost train and uh, seven people, six children and an adult uh, died. Mm. And it was immediately ruled an electrical uh, fire. So, journalist Cara uh, Meldrum Hannah, very interesting uh, woman, she investigates, and the revelations one Ooh. after another, after another, after another, after another. It's extraordinary, and it's my it's my era. I remember that we were all shattered and shocked. Uh, it goes into corruption of actual police people who I know, I know the names of, I don't know them. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Sin, if you know who Mr. Sin is, he pops up. I thought, oh, my God, there's Mr. Sin. Um, it's very effective in, in looking at the victim impact. This is 40 years ago and people shake and cry who were simply there, let alone the parents of the children who died, let alone um, our kind of avatar in the, in the documentary who was called the luckiest boy in the world because he was the fourth, he was the fifth of four boys. Uh, I'm sorry, he was the fifth of five boys who all went to Luna Park together. Two of them went in one car, went through the doors, two of them went in the next car, went through the doors, he was in the third car. And by that time people were realizing the place was on fire and he was pulled bodily out of um, the carriage. And as he says, he doesn't feel like the luckiest boy in the world. So that's really worth mm. looking at. If you're a procedure nerd like I am, you'll get lots of procedure. If you remember Martin Sharp and the Yellow House, which is my sort of bohemian start in King's Cross, like 200 yards from where I'm sitting right now. And then because I watched that, I watched Class Action Park. <laughs> it's like, Love it. So good. I didn't realise yeah. Chris Gethard was one of the talking heads. Mm-hmm. I mean, what an amazing narrator. So, yeah, those are my two amusement parks. Uh, recommendations, Mari, Do you want to hook on
0: to? I have to jump on. Clash Action Park is so good, and that's in Jersey. And so, um, my husband's from Jersey, and he tried to see if his mom had remembered this. But Class Action Park is on HBO Max, um, here in the states. But it's about a a amusement park in New Jersey called uh, Class Action Park, where it was basically. The a wild wild west <laughs> um, amusement park. It was like a wa- it was like a water park, but also like it had roller coasters and it had. It, it they build themselves as like build your own adventure style park. It's like, do you want to go on this very dangerous loop slide where you might lose your teeth and some skin? Uh, do you want to throw yourself over a cliff into some disgusting muddy water that bodies are in, below your feet? Like it is. It is an insane documentary and it is so good. Um, Jason, do you, have you heard of this? This um,
2: I've heard of the documentary and I do believe that there was a movie. I th- want to say that Johnny Knoxville was in it uh, based on that park. Not oh, really? Positive. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I have heard of it. Like even like Anecdotally, like I've heard people talk about it on like podcasts about class action park. Yes, uh, I think they call it, like decapitation class action, decapitation park or something like because somebody got decapitated or something there.
3: Yeah, oh, people died.
2: Uh, yeah. People yeah. died.
1: People drowned. Mm-hmm. People were seriously. It, it was uh, uh, gobsmacking. And again, the eighties. Uh, so the the bit of the wild west, as uh, as Murray says.
2: Yes, yeah, so I haven't uh, seen it, but I have heard of it.
0: I think you should you should watch. I think you you you'd yeah. be like, again, you'd be like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: It's available in Australia. I'm sorry. I didn't know down where I watched it on uh, Netflix or maybe Stan or maybe binge. I've, I've got them all just, uh, google around it and you'll find it it's really it's really worth uh, watching and again as always let us know what you think of any of the properties that we talk about um, we're eager to hear your feedback and we're eager to hear suggestions for future episodes um, we've already uh, done some episodes suggested by listeners and we have some coming up uh, you can follow crime scene on Twitter at crime scene RHAP. that's scene S-E-E-N, or email us at crime scene at gmail. Uh, dot com. Um, we're very happy to receive your five star reviews. We've had a couple of nice ones this week. We'll read them uh, next week. You can also subscribe uh, to the podcast robhasapodcast dot forward slash crime feed f e e d. And it really helps us if you subscribe to the feed, uh, as it lets um, our lords and masters know that you are watching and enjoying our work um so jason what do you have going on and where can people find you
2: okay right now uh well you can first of all you can follow me on twitter at jayr1085 and at the moment i am covering murder for a site with my uh, co-host asia welch aka asia wealth um <laughs> you two lovely people have been on the podcast so you know what a roller coaster ride that show is uh we are actually in the uh this next episode we're going to have is the last episode of the season. We hope they can always surprise us with a bonus episode. Um, so yeah, we're covering that for the next uh, week or so. Uh, so jump in. You can listen to the podcast without having watched the show. It's still yes. last and we yeah, love yeah, talking about it. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so over on Postal recaps, I'm also covering uh, this is us with Marissa Garza. We're we're covering up the last we're covering up we're covering the last couple episodes of the series of this is us. We've already done two. Uh, there's uh, one left Uh, so listen to us there as we uh, cry ourselves silly about Mm -hmm. This Is Us as they try and uh, really squeeze all tears out of us Uh, I recently wrapped up winning time on Postal Recaps Uh, if you watch that show if you want to binge that show go back and check out our coverage with me and Grace Leader Uh, so that's where you can find me anything else you can find me uh, talking it on my Twitter page
1: I I put everything I do on Twitter so if you want to follow me I'm at Sarah Carradine. Um, now, some of you have asked us if we're going to cover Candy, uh, which is a docudrama uh, based on a true crime. We're not going to cover it here, but I am, uh, you know, thanks for asking. Uh, I'm doing it over on um, post-show uh, recaps uh, all this week, uh, one episode a day. Uh, and how about you, Murray? where are you and how can people find you?
0: Wrestling wrap Up is back. Yes. Yay. Every week, me and Matt Scott will go over the highlights of wrestling, um, the the highlights of the week in wrestling. Again, you don't have to watch wrestling. You can just listen to me and Matt. And even better, you can watch us on YouTube and we'll pull up pictures of just uh, follow, uh, sorry, subscribe to us at robhasawebsite.com slash wrestling feed um and you can follow me on twitter at Mari talks too much that's two like the number two and you can follow matt at matt scott gw where we are doing all of the wrestling tweets and plugs and stuff like that um of course we just wrapped up uh coverage for atlanta uh, me chappelle and Latanya. Uh season 3 of Atlanta is over, but you can go and check us out over on post show recaps if you haven't already and um listen to our coverage of season 3 of Atlanta. Uh what what are we covering next uh Sarah? Oh, it's a goodie.
1: It's uh, Keepers of the Ashes. Uh, and uh, guest uh, Sasha Joseph is going to join us for that. Um, this covers the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders, which is a mat- notorious a murder of three young girls during their first night at uh, Sleepaway Camp. And Kristen Chenoweth was supposed to go to that camp, but was ill and didn't go. So that's the sort of the star brush. But I'm really looking forward to that. All four, four episodes are going to drop on Hulu on may the 24th so uh again please watch it and send us your comments and questions
0: all right so thanks to will from america for our theme music and scott st pierre behind the scenes until next time case Case closed